0: Hey, do you mind? I, I know it's on the recording. Do you mind if I go piss really quick?
1: You're already late. I don't care. Yeah.
0: What's another minute or two?
1: <laughs> BRB. One eternity later. Cause I'm all alone. There's no one here beside me. My problems have all gone. There's no one to run me. But you gotta have. Friends. 12 seconds later... <laughs> so much later that the old narrator got tired of waiting, and they had to hire a new one. A 50% off. A big-ass fan. Is it literally called big-ass? It's literally called big-ass fans. 52 inch smart ceiling fan for $426. My dog. That's a big ass fan. Eventually. editing.
0: Alright, sorry about that. Yeah. You were recording this entire thing? Yep. Alright, make sure you edit that because 30 minutes of nothing. Uh Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another fabulous installment of Matt and Dennis, the Matt and Dennis podcast. My name is Matt Scarano. I'm one of your hosts joined joined alongside by my good friend and co-host, as always, Mr. Dennis Vinci. Dennis, good Wednesday evening to you. Thanks for uh, letting me do the show a little bit late tonight. It's good to see you. What's going on?
1: No problem at all, Matt. It's good to see you. It's always good to see you. Uh, I do believe you promised me... One or two less buttons buttoned, but hey, here we are. There they go. What a game. How's that? Man of his word, folks. I'm good, Matt. I'm good. Hunky-dory. College football mere days away. Mm. So, I'm good.
0: We can get to that, and I wish I I could tell our our listeners that we weren't going to talk about anything else, uh, or that we were going to talk about something new. Um, But you know, the last few shows, we kind of talked about the same thing, but then by the end of it. It got pretty good. We talked about everything from college football predictions to conference realignment to sports betting. Will it be legal? Will it not be legal? Where and where and when? So who knows where this one will go? But I, I think we were both in agreement that football can't come soon enough uh, to take up more more airtime. We can get back to obviously the NFL two episode a week uh, format where um, talked about a first draft of the hiatus where we will uh, recap. The the weekend of NFL and college football before, and then another episode later in the week where we pre uh where we pre-game, so to speak, what is to come. Um unfortunately we gotta eat our vegetables uh first. Dennis, let's talk about the beloved New York Yankees. Um, it seems like the game's still Why? going.
1: Why do we have to talk about yeah. what is going to talk about?
0: Because it's enjoyable. Uh the Yankees currently winning in the bottom of the seventh against the Washington Nationals, eight-nothing. 8 nothing. Severino actually pitching a gem of a game. Aaron Judge, two home runs, one of which is a grand slam.
1: Holy shnikes.
0: Um, Severino's got a one-hitter right now. So, amazing. Though, after we lost to the Washington Nationals in a one-hitter in the Bronx last night. But uh, as of right now, as of this recording, it looks like it'll end. But a nine-game losing streak. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dennis. The first time. In Yankee history since 1985, um, Brian Cashman did hit the mic today. He did do a uh, press conference.
1: I did. I did. I calm, did see this.
0: Did look very calm, cool, and collected, Dennis. I took a few things from this. Aside from him acknowledging, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to just bite. I'm not going to bite my tongue. This will hurt me to say. Some credit to him, I guess. Maybe the slightest bit that he he swore in the press conference they had to bleep it out he's like yeah everyone's pissed and uh yeah, blah, blah, blah. And he's like you know what no one not myself none of the players the fans the media i don't think many people uh going into spring training leaving spring training would have said this team was not a playoff team i probably would have agreed with them but i didn't think they were going anywhere if they did make the playoffs because again same thing happened um but one thing I did pick up, maybe you'll agree or disagree, or maybe you didn't pick up on it at all, but he definitely, and it's not anything that's news to us, it definitely sounded like a guy that, as bad as the situation currently is, is comfortable and confident that he knows he's coming back.
1: I can't believe we have to talk about this. I, I, yep. did, I, I saw a stat the other day that the Yankees haven't had a lead in, like, two weeks, I guess – they break that record tonight. Uh, or not record, not record, but you know, streak, whatever. They clearly have a lead eight-nothing. Whoopty freaking do. It's the Washington Nationals. The great Nick Burns, number one fan of the podcast, uh, was in the DC area. We went to a net uh, two weeks ago, went to a Nats game. It's a fun time, but I I try I beg you to name someone of relevance on that team. You can't do it. Maybe some people that are into fantasy baseball and deep down into ma- root re- watching Major League Baseball, TJ Abrams, their young shortstop, even he—he's their lead- leadoff hitter. All these batting two seventy. So we're not talking about the cream of the crop here, down in the nation's capital. Whoop de doo that they're winning eight nothing. You know, every squirrel finds a nut. You know what I mean? Cashman's comments—I uh, didn't really hear them. I did see them. I saw the Athletic wrote an article. On it and his one quote and what they use as their headliner uh, is that obviously no one is happy and he does hear the fans, but the track record speaks for itself. Excuse me, BC? The track record? No one, I don't think anyone has ever argued that Brian Cashman's track record is none short of incredible with what he has done. And in one of the toughest fan base market, what he said, this is it's one of the greatest team runs of the last twenty years, compared to many franchises. Is it you know title? Those titles can be eh, make your argument, but they had their run. We've we've mentioned this. We've talked about it. The guy's very good at his job. Well, he hasn't been good at his job the last couple of years. And you saying that you saw him and he seems that he's confident that they'll turn it around and he's not going to lose his job. That just irritates me as a Yankee fan because it's just that complacency that we constantly talk about. And we're going to have one more scapegoat. Joe Girardi was a quote unquote scapegoat. Couldn't relate to the players. Couldn't get it done. What did Joe Girardi do wrong? As Yankee manager, really outside of yell at Boob McGee catcher, Gary Sanchez for not hustling down the first baseline to try and leg out a ground ball. Other than that, what did he do wrong as Yankee manager? And even then you could argue that he didn't do anything wrong with Gary Sanchez run down the goddamn line. You know what I mean? Aaron Boone comes in young guy. Let's fresh start new, some rejuvenation. Any of us could manage that we've joked for years. That certain nobodies could manage a New York Yankee roster because it's filled, littered with talent. And he had talent. Now, did he have to m- maneuver through some injuries, a lot of injuries for a lot of seasons? Of course. But you make the argument that bonehead decision after bonehead decision, but you kind of want to back up Baron Boone. You, at the end of the day, you I think the it falls on the players and the Fan that's watching should see that this talent isn't living up to the talent that's on paper. So Boone will be the scapegoat; it'll be another manager gone. I'm not saying Aaron Boone deserves to keep his job. I don't think he does. I was like, he's not. He does does not. But let's get to the root of the problem here. It's a whole organizational problem. It's from the the foundation up. It's the Yankees have gotten complacent doing the same damn thing every year. Oh, I said. It's almost as if they're okay with winning 90-plus games a year, hopefully getting to the ALCS. Ah, oh, well, we fell short. Well, why did you fall short? Why did you fall short? What are the missing pieces? Well, explain it to us. Because as Yankee fans, I'm sorry that we're spoiled. We, we've talked about this endlessly on this freaking podcast, that we're spoiled. That we, we expect to get to the playoffs when more than half of the franchise is in Major League Baseball. That's not the expectation. That's the goal. But for the Yankees, that, that, that is what it is. It's to get to the postseason, but it even more so is to get to the World Series. And they haven't done so since 2009. And they bought they bought that team. And albeit that's a that's a credit to Brian Cashman. Going out there getting the big guns. Mark Teixeira, Season Zabacchia, come on down. Bring it back to Decky. Come on in, Raúl Abanez, yes. Come on in, make some clutch at bats for us.
0: I mean, I mean, we said it on the last show, so we don't. don't know what else to
1: say? You know what I mean?
0: We don't need to spend too, but it's it's uh, Aaron Boone's not innocent. The status quo remains the same. It's a combination of poor decision making by him, but also in the off season, nothing changed. We went into the same thing. I will say, as episode and episode until Giants football starts, so we could talk about that the whole show. Nothing changed. They did nothing in the in the the in spring training, spring training, and in, in the in the off season to to fix any of this. They went into the, with the same team saying, "You know what? We know the talents there. You know what? We had some injury issues last year, and these guys are going to be healthy, hopefully." Knock on wood. And some of them, it was just a mess. And you can't rely on Aaron Boone all the time. And again, I mentioned two episodes ago when you rely that heavily on on Anthony Rizzo. And all of a sudden, he's not hitting. When Anthony Rizzo was hitting, that was an anomaly. He should not have been doing as well as he was when he first joined the Yankees. And we we relied on that as a crutch. John Carlos Stanton, we've been we're stuck. We've been stuck with him. It's you know it's not it's not worth getting worked up over. But it's Cashman sounds like he's he's there. Boone, I think, should be canned now. Because again, you don't can him till October. Status quo remains the same. Who knows, Dennis? I don't know who would, who would who'd be the interim in this situation, but maybe that lights a fire under their ass. Maybe just something changing. Maybe that brings a new energy into the Yankee fans going to the stadium. To your point, what you said is maybe the front office is content with winning 90 games, backing into a playoff spot, not winning a World Series. And I think you are spot on. I say the same, and this is going to sound like a very weird comparison. But living in Orlando, the Orlando Magic, when's the last time they were good? They've made the playoffs a couple times fairly recently, and they lose in the first round. They win one game against the first seed. They get kicked out. But if you went to the Amway Center, Dennis, and you can hear it even if you're not at the game on TV, place is packed, place is going nuts. You know why? Because it's NBA basketball in Orlando. Some great names come to play, and it's a tourist town. So people want to go see – where Shaq and Penny played, and maybe you get to see LeBron or Steph Curry come to town and play them. It's the same thing. They, they're they terrible, but people come in and they fill up the arena. It's the same thing with Yankee Stadium. It doesn't matter if the team's good or bad. Going to Yankee Stadium, watching the team win or lose is a spectacle. So I think until that message is sent, which I don't think it ever will be, will the Yankees make moves here and there to improve the team? Of course. Of course they will. But it's never going to be what at least you and I want, which is going to be this full rebuild. It's never going to be what I want, which should have happened this morning, which is Aaron Boone getting fired after not nine competitive losses, not nine losses where six of them were extra innings or five or six of them where you couldn't have done anything about that. Nine straight losses against some of the worst teams in baseball where you're getting one hit by the Washington Nationals where this all started with losing two out of three to one of the worst teams in the Chicago White Sox. This isn't like, sure, granted, throw the Braves in there, three-game sweep, which I expected to lose that series on the road, but we didn't show up for any of it. You get swept at home by a rival, the Boston Red Sox, who aren't even good. They're right next to you for as bad as you are. And the guy still has a job. What message does that send to the fan base, to the rest of the league, to your players. I, and, and I don't see any players coming out, credit to them and their professionalism, slipping out. Maybe they had a drink or two at the bar and they say, we don't like Aaron Boone, or they slip off the record to a, a journalist. Aaron Boone is a terrible manager. Credit to them and their professionalism. We haven't seen any of that. But you haven't seen anyone going out of their way to protect them either. Dennis, there might be a soundbite out there that does that. If there is someone, send it to me. But it, it, what kind of message does that send? It's what I'm talking about. It's the status quo. It won't change right now, Dennis. We can wake up tomorrow. You and I could be thrilled. Yankee fans can be thrilled because you can fire Aaron Boone. He should not be the scapegoat completely, at least. He's not. It's it's not solely on him, but he's not innocent either. But you can send a message. Here and now, it's not going to be tonight because Aaron Judge, I don't know if you just saw, just hit his first three home run game in his career. Yankees are currently up nine nothing, so it's not going to be tomorrow morning. Today would have been the day to do it, yeah. But, but no, but that's my point. They're not going to do it tomorrow morning. Today would have been the day to do it. You could have said right there, We're sending a message, we're doing something that is the Yankees front office we have never done. We are firing a coach, it's not mid season, we are firing a coach during the season. We're sending a message. Something has to change. We're getting off the status quo. They had the chance. They didn't do it. We're going to wait till the end of the year. We're going to watch this more than likely get worse. It may stay the same. It's I, I doubt it gets better. We're going to just ride this through. And then sometime around Thanksgiving, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, Aaron Boone will get fired. And that'll be the status quo for the Yankees. I think it was a missed opportunity for them. Early this morning, my opinion.
1: Well, no, it, it also goes back to. I mean, I saw the report a couple of days ago where they were bringing up three top prospects it, onto the roster to play. That that's awesome, but that's also something that a team does when they know they're not in a race for a wild card spot, a division spot. This season is over. Let's bring up the young guys. Let's see what they can do. It's the same effect of say an NFL team when they're done. So let's bring in the first-round quarterback that we let sit all year, and he's going to play the last two to three weeks of the season. It's the same type of thing. So it's a little bit of positivity, a little bit of energy, get some guys to watch. Everybody was very excited about Anthony Volpe at the start of the year, so bring these younger guys up. Let's see what they got. Let's see what they can do. But to your point, it's the the season Anthony Rizzo has had has been terrible. And, look, I I think we really love Anthony Rizzo for the guy he is, the teammate he is, the locker room guy he is. The guy hasn't batted over 250 since 2019. He batted 290 for the Cubs. Since then, he hasn't touched 250. And I know even for the Yankees, there's been two seasons, the combined year with him and the Cubs, and then the next year hitting over 30 home runs. Okay, big whoop. That's a guy that's going to bat 240, 250, and hit 30 shouldn't be batting third or fourth in your order. That's where he is in the Yankee lineup, and he's doing squat this year. I hate to hammer on him, but you brought him up and it's just, he's not producing.
0: But it's Cole, he wasn't... Garrett, let's
1: bring up another one. Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole too. He's had a great season. He's had some really good starts for the Yankees. He's had some really memorable bad starts. I think the most memorable start he will have will be that game at Fenway when the Yankees put their ace on the mound and he got lit up and taken out before the fifth inning. That might be, the biggest memory of Garrett Cole's Yankee career. We brought him in to be the Cy Young. The guy has not won a Cy Young since being a Yankee. He's not. In, now maybe he would. Maybe if the Yankees are a ninety-one team this year and they find their way into the playoffs, he wins the Cy Young this year, given the season he's had. But he's not going to, because the Yankees are not contenders, and there are better pitchers in the American League this year. I don't think he wins the Cy Young this year. So, it, but it, it's I don't understand what you're saying. What kind of message does it send? It sends that, oh, we're the Yankees with this buttoned-up organization. Shave your face, cut your hair. We're not going to fire you until the end of the season. At, what difference does it make? If, what happens if the Yankees bring up these young guys, thinks that we got a full month left of the season? What if the ball starts rolling? What if the Yankees start rattling them off some wins and they find their way in that stupid ESPN graphic as a wild-card contender, even though they're six or seven games out? Oh, but they're still there. They're not mathematically eliminated yet. What happens is, like, well, we saw some really good improvements late last year. The team really came together. Everybody's coming back. That then is a double bird to the Yankee organization from every fan. If if anything were that to happen, so if you know that you're going to fire Aaron Boone, just do it now. Just do it to get it over with. Whoever the bench coach is, third, whoever you want, interim coach, send the guys out there. Have some fun, play some ball. Don't get hurt. But they they won't do that.
0: They don't want they don't want
1: the embarrassment. Or their franchise would,
0: right? And they don't want they don't want the embarrassment because they know they're under the microscope, in the biggest city in the world. Like they 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 don't want to be in that headline. But guess what? You're already in the headlines for the worst losing streak of. There's no team maybe next to the Dallas Cowboys that people that are not fans of the Yankees want to lose more than the Yankees. So everyone's eating this up. So you may as well rip the bandaid off now. I I get what they're trying to do. They want to wait till November, December when people don't care about baseball at that time to kind of go like, yeah, everybody's fired. All right. On to the next thing. And that, and that's what they've always done. And that just, again, goes back to beating this horse dead with the status quo and I thought they had a, a great uh, Dennis. I I, I want to be clear. I think it goes without saying, but I don't wish for Aaron Boone. Like I don't want anyone to get fired. Like I don't wish for his demise. I don't. I don't want him to just be like all right. Like sucks to suck. Like I, I don't. It just didn't work. Like I think when it's said and done, when the dust settles, of this Aaron Boone Yankee head coaching experiment that just never seemed to really take off. I think when the dust settles from that, true Yankees fans will still hold a good spot in their hearts for Aaron Boone and the happiness that he had brought them as a player and all that. I, I I genuinely don't think myself. I'm I'm heated too talking about him, but I think once this experiment's over, it didn't work. We could put it behind it and and remember one of the greatest moments in our lifetimes with Aaron Boone as a Yankee. We all know which one we're talking about.
1: I like, I kind of want to, I a hundred percent agree with you. And I kind of wanted to kind of bring this point up and kind of ask you this question because where the Yankees are currently, it's kind of where we've watched the giants go. And you talked about this. We're never going to see this rebuild, but so many times in professional sports, the GM comes first and then they pick their coach and then they are in a cohesive group forming that team. The Yankees have never had that. Brian Cashman has been there for two plus decades They've only had three coaches, Joe Torre, Joe Girardi, Aaron Boone. So it's on Cashman. You assume Cashman is picking the job. Well, Aaron Boone wasn't involved in baseball. He played. He got a freak off-season injury. The Yankees go out and get Alex Rodriguez. He's completely Wally-pipped and gone off the team. He doesn't play Major League Baseball again. He finds his way into broadcasting for ESPN, and then the Yankees bring him in to manager. There is no track record for coaching for him so is part of this blame on brian cashman and the people in that room that made the decision on to bring aaron boone in this was a coaching hire that was talked about that would this work why are they doing this the guy's an analyst on on scott van Pelp's sports center after sunday night baseball why does he now have the credibility to be the yankees manager Everybody everybody brought up that 2003 ALCS. That's his connection to the Yankees. So it, you wanted to wash it away. Well, you know, he knows baseball. He's a younger guy. The game is getting younger. It's trying to get younger. The coaches trying to relate more to the players. No more of the 50, 60-year-old head coaches trying to relate to 20, 25-year-olds. Let's bring in the young 40-year-old guy who kind of understands what's everything. So – but. To your point, what you just said, it didn't work. The experiment didn't work. Where does that blame fall? At the end of the day, the buck stops with the Steinbranders, the owners. But don't tell me Brian Cashman didn't sign off on it. Don't tell me he wasn't in love with the idea and wanted it. This is his fault too. So where the Giants went, what did they do when things were completely rock bottom and fell apart? They found a GM. The GM found a coach. And now, yes, the, the Giants have completely taken off and they're way ahead of schedule. We expected a long rebuild, but we are excited about the future. But, you know, we're tempering expectations. And we'll get into this, obviously, as the season goes along. We're expecting a better team, but less wins given the schedule and what to put. Like Things are looking up for the Giants more so now than they have since the Tom Coughlin era. Honestly, maybe, I guess, the first... Ben McAdoo era when they just went out and spent a ton of money and we we're just like, oh, we're just going to buy teams. Obviously, we didn't see that that, that worked. But it, to me, if you just keep the same GM, he goes out and finds another coach. Well, if he doesn't nail it, how many chances do you give this general manager to find his guy? He's now gone through two. One of them, luckily, has produced a World Series. But he was also too old and he didn't relate to the players anymore. And he had to blah, 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 blah. Now we have Aaron Boone where the success is a couple of American League championship series and some 100 win seasons, even though they didn't win the division in those years, the Red Sox did.
0: And I think one of those other things is I obviously wasn't in the room when Aaron Boone was hired, but I think one of those things too is they knew, I mean, maybe if you are more of a veteran coach, you have more experience over the years maybe you're not willing to just tow the party, tow the company line, so to speak, of what the front office wants. Aaron Boone did not have that in his resume. So I think whether it was the Steinbrenners or Cashman, Aaron Boone was more than willing to, to for this opportunity to tow the company line and be like, you know what? If I do something and you don't agree with it, I'll do whatever you want. Or if you guys want me to put more emphasis on this or more influence on this, you let me know, and I'll do it because this opportunity, for me, Aaron Boone, is so incredible. I think that was a lot of it. I because agree. They, they we're getting a guy with no experience, but a guy that was willing to tow the company line, tow the Yankee line, do whatever they asked him to do. And I think for them, at least at the time, was very valuable. Um, Dennis mentioned the Giants. Let's go to the good side of things now. Uh, a team that is on the positive production, this is typically – Coming back from our summer hiatus, how we've done this, get the Yankee crap talk out of the way, going to the Giants more positive. Dennis, I know you don't really dial into preseason football. I'm not saying you don't uh, invest a little bit in what the stats and what the some of the plays are saying, but I know you don't sit down with your popcorn and watch uh, the first minute to the end. I have done... How dare
1: you, sir? I've, I've, I've watched the first two halves of the first two games illegally streamed on the internet.
0: I have watched uh, from the first minute to the last minute of both games. One illegally streamed on the internet, one um, at the local watering hole because it was on uh, national television NFL network. Um, Dennis initially, uh, and I was listening to the giants pregame show. Um, I was on my way home from work, just rushing home to get to the game. Uh, little Dom was there, gave me some great FaceTime uh, images, um, but I was rushing home and I was listening and they're interviewing like the whole crew that's there, Carl Banks and all that. And they were like, how how much do you think we're going to see of uh, the starters after the Giants made it pretty clear we we're going to see all. We we're going to see Jones. We we're going to see Waller. Everyone except Saquon. And they said, well, if the first drive goes really well, that'll be it. If Kafka, Martindale, and, and Brian Day will see a lot of issues, maybe you'll see two, maybe two and a half series. We'll see. <laughs> The first, maybe there was like one hiccup in that first drive, but the Giants' offense could not have looked better. I'm not saying, man, Super Bowl because our we had a great series in the preseason, but that looked better than any of us ever could have hoped for, uh, especially, obviously, the Waller signing in the offseason. There was an immediate connection. They asked Waller about it after the game, like, hey, whoa, the media and all these fans were – enthralled with this Daniel Jones Waller uh, relationship uh, that we saw this connection. He goes, yeah, it's really not a big deal. We've been doing that literally every day, uh, all summer in practice and and training camp. And it it was just, you, you saw, and especially without Saquon being there, you saw how many options Jones had. Waller seemed to be the favorite, but you saw when he had guys that he can trust in and we threw some other weapons in there. Just a glimpse of what we hope is what's what's to come with this Giants offense. But just having some of Paris Campbell being able to go between the two of them, uh, and just like we have a solid tight end core. Just some of the things I saw. Jones had time. He didn't have to run a whole lot when he when he needed to. He did. Um, and, and we don't even have we don't have Saquon in there. And I was listening to uh, Keith McPherson, who's typically now like later in the night, overnight guy and the fan. I don't listen to him uh, a whole lot, but he he made a he did a very good job explaining it. If we can see some of these weapons, then you throw a Saquon in there, you push some of these defenses back. That's when Saquon finds these holes. Uh, I'm i trying not to get ahead of myself. But man, that, that drive got me excited, Dennis. I don't know how much you said you watched the first half. What are your, what are your initial thoughts?
1: You know, the, I mean, we were texting, I think, when that was happening, where I, I wanted the uh, the Staples easy button to press because it it looked that easy and that fluid. And I, I know it's the preseason and, you know, how many of the guys the Giants have out there, how many of the guys the Panthers have out there. I, I think the Panthers are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. I, I do believe in Bryce Young. I'm not saying it's anything on him, but he doesn't really have a ton of weapons. Around him, I don't think the defense is really going to be there. They fired Matt rule for a reason. It's a whole new staff that's in there. so i I think they will be one of the, you know, lower teams in the NFL. So take that for what you will. But if get knowing that, thinking that and then seeing what the Giants did in that first drive was incredible. I also just love and creativity might be a stretch to use, but, Darren Waller wasn't lined up on the line of scrimmage in in the box set. He was was out wide, like a a full-fledged wide receiver for two of those catches that he made. So that's a little bit of moving him around the field, not necessarily having to use him in a prototypical tight end spot because he might be a tight end, but he's more or less a bigger, slower wide receiver. It's the hype that... Kyle Pitts has gotten when he was drafted out of Florida. And I was hoping maybe the Giants could target him as a possible weapon. And Atlanta hasn't really used him to his ability. It's the same type of thing. The guy is a tight end, but he is a wide receiver. Line him up anywhere in the field and he will run routes and (laughs) make the defense pay, draw double coverage, fight for the ball. He's bigger and stronger than most of these corners and some of the safeties and if you can get past the second level of the linebackers so that was incredible to see it was incredible to see that and that connection so early here we are in week two we're not watching practices we're not at their practice every day seeing what they're doing we're seeing a couple clips from giants twitter and giants instagram you can only see some of the highlights but to see that there that connection was kind of already there spoke volumes to me as a legitimate weapon for daniel jones and for daniel jones That ball was humming, baby. That ball was coming out of his hand like butter onto these wide receivers. Darren Waller dropped a pass because he got hit because the ball came in so hot. Hit him where he should have. He should have made that catch. I think the third catch, maybe fourth pass attempt, whatever it was, before he got taken out. And like you said, that nice benefit of having Bellinger, a tight end, that we kind of can trust, especially down in the goal line, those two weapons are going to be crucial. And now if teams really have to worry about this secondary tight end and Bellinger, Waller, who we know will be a threat and Barkley, who we have not seen yet in the preseason in the backfield, that's a, that's a good look to have inside the red zone an, an area where the giants have historically struggled. But I think things are looking up with Kafka and Dable and the way they're running this offense. And you even mentioned even Paris Campbell, he made a huge catch either a third, second and long, third and long, going over the top. Like, the Giants don't have this number one guy. I'm really hoping Jalen Hyatt kind of develops in to that, but he he more or less is kind of the deep threat. But, hey, the Giants haven't had that more or less deep threat. So even if he is not the number one option, he's going to stretch the field and open it up for Daniel Jones. So it's it's exciting. Two games in, they have one game. I think they play Sunday against the Jets.
0: No, it's Saturday night at 6. It's
1: Saturday night? I, mean, yeah. no, I thought it was Sunday night. Um, Either way. Um, I don't know how many starters will play again because I'm hoping maybe more so because it'll be two weeks from that day going into the season. But again, it's it's weird with you don't want to risk anything in preseason. At the end of the day, who cares? But maybe so we'll a series or two.
0: It, it sounded based on the members of the, the media that are w- embedded within the Giants organization or every training camp. It sounded like the coaching staff had seen enough. And that one, which I can't blame them for, but that was also before the Jets announced Aaron Rodgers would be playing. So, you know, do you not want it to be like so one sided? Do you want to give like now you got a proven talent that's going to be playing a first round? Do you want to get your defense in there? You want to see what Kayvon Thibodeau, who had a great sack? Uh, the defense uh, played didn't a You
1: also game. mention that, like how many series was it? Kayvon Thibodeau played at least two series. I don't know if he got defense, to three, but he played multiple defensive series. Defense
0: was on longer than I anticipated, um, which I'm okay with. Um, but, I mean, two points that you, you kind of mentioned. One, and I mentioned as well, and I think we talked about this too on the back half of last year, when you looked at how unstable – unhealthy, whatever word you want to use, our wide receiving core was. The idea of getting some of those bigger names in there was so you would spread out the opponent's defense. They wouldn't all be focused on where, you know, Darius Slayton was going or where Saquon was going. The more talent, I mean, this is obvious, it's not rocket science, the more talent we can bring in there, the more talent we have in that receiving core, again, to Keith McPherson's point, you back up that opposing defense, you give Saquon those holes. Daniel Jones is not afraid to run. We we know that. I'm just excited for, you know, they draw up something. The defensive coaching staff does a good job of calling it out. Where's where's plan B? And I'm almost more excited about that. Like, what, what shows up when that initial – who's available when they close down Saquon? Who's available when Darius Slayton's not there? Where's the speed of – you mentioned Jalen Hyatt taking him, which – Credit to that young man, really bad drop on national television. You made
1: right cool. up for it. I totally agree.
0: Preseason, but really bad drop. He should have had that, especially for where he's drafted. That should be a, a catch he makes in his sleep. But the very next play, Tyrod Dimes, Tyrod Taylor goes for him again. And his speed, you could see the play, that route, like the speed he had. And he wasn't dropping that one in the end zone. So, like, you, you well, got
1: it's, it's what you're talking about, his – Ability, and you saw it on that play and you've kind of seen it. And I mean, if you watched Tennessee last year, you could see the speed that he has to break through the, create that opening downfield. But again, it's college, it's different. It's the way the offensive, but if he has it, because Slayton doesn't necessarily have that breakaway speed burst through the top. Like Jalen Hyatt does. You have that. Daniel Jones starts completing passes is what you just said. We saw a lot of success late in the season last year, and especially in the first playoff game against Minnesota, of Daniel Jones running the ball. That immediately becomes a threat if you start lengthening the field and pushing that defense back, like you're saying, like you're talking about, where then Daniel Jones drops back a couple of seconds, whoop, right at the sideline. Even if it's five, six yards, creating a second and short, getting a third and short to within a third and three, third and two. Jones' offense becomes much more dangerous much more methodical moving down the field because of that
0: set a screen in that situation for saquon at the very least you're getting the better part of 10 yards at the very least so that's yeah. it, it's, it, again i'm i'm not i'm not like we, we're super bowl bound here we go but just in that drive and a lot a lot of games it takes this is something we've seen, where the Giants don't initially click. It's it, when they do win, it's ugly. It's not convincing. It's not necessarily right out the gate. So that was like boom—the first time these guys were playing in an actual game together, and they—they they were clicking on all cylinders, all cylinders, defensively, offensively. It, it was it was great to watch, and you know, we get the we, again we get the Jets. What comes of that? but if that's going to be all we see of the offense so far, I'm excited about week one. I mean, obviously I'm going to be excited about week one, but we're playing a Dallas team that on paper is better than the New York Giants. If you're a betting man and you don't have a horse in that race, more than likely you're going for the Dallas Cowboys in this game. But how many times we played Dallas week one in a primetime game and how many times we played in week one or primetime game at home? Not many. I don't remember, but I, uh, Wait, are, Sunday, we
1: opening, are we opening on Sunday night this year?
0: Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys. The I, I
1: really can't stand it. I hate waiting all day.
0: I mean, this one, I'm, I'm off on Monday, so I don't care. Um, but our first, I don't know if you've looked at the schedule. I'm sure we've talked about it. We're forgetting. We have, but I haven't really, like. Fine schedule. Just, I'm not going to, we're not going in depth and doing predictions on these, obviously. But let me just run through really briefly. When's the last time you saw something like this? And keep in mind, some of these games that are not at 1 o'clock are simply because they're on the road out with us. But still, 1 o'clock being, you would argue, the most common time the Giants play. Mm-hmm. Week 1, Sunday night, 8.20. Week 2, Sunday, 4 o'clock. Week 3, Thursday, 8.15. Week 4, Monday night football, 8.15. Week 5, Sunday, 1 o'clock. Week 6, Sunday, 8.20. One 1
1: o'clock game?
0: The first six weeks of the season, the Giants play at 1 o'clock once. Who's the 4 o'clock game? Seattle? The first six weeks of the season, Dennis, the Giants play oh, – all right, technically they play – yeah, no. Two games that are not a night game in the first six weeks of the NFL season.
1: Who's the? Th- who do we have Thursday night? Is it entertaining at least, or are we playing Washington?
0: Oh, it'll be entertaining, but we're probably going to get smoked. Uh, we're at San Francisco.
1: Ooh. That's not what you want to see.
0: Like that, that probably won't end well. But. Why
1: the hell are we playing San Francisco on Thursday night? I thought it was supposed to be like a BS game. You play your division team.
0: It'll be hosted by Amazon. Who's
1: the following Monday night? Oh, you know what? Even better. Who are we playing on Sunday leading into San Fran?
0: Uh, Sunday. So we're obviously Sunday night home against Dallas. Then we are on the road for a four o'clock game at Arizona. So that's a win. We're already favored in that one. Yeah, minus five. Did you
1: watch, I watched a video today. The Cardinals and the Vikings are p- having a joint practice to play each other this week in preseason. Marquise Hollywood-Brown, he's their number one receiver right now. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, in Tennessee. own him getting locked down <laughs> by Minnesota's, like, number two, number three corner, it was embarrassing. So I'm not worried about it, Arizona.
0: Not, not going to be a great year for the Cardinals. Uh, then, yeah, then Thursday Thursday nights are a short week. We are at San Francisco, so they're probably just going to stay out west. And then we come back home uh, a week and a half later or so, and we are home on ESPN Monday Night Football against Seattle. Mm-hmm. Giants minus two, which means they're calling that a, a, a split down the middle. Um, then the game I plan on being at, which is Giants-Dolphins, that'll be at 1 o'clock. Then we're right back to Sunday Night Football again at Buffalo, which that – probably won't go over well either. That's an 820 game at Buffalo. So I Dennis, I have not seen this in a while where it's this many. I, you even keep going down this list. Yeah, a couple of one o'clock games after that. 430 at uh at uh Vegas. 430 after that at Dallas and a couple of one o'clock games. Then another Monday night game against the Packers. Then another 430 game against the Eagles. So I mean it's the 430 games are not considered primetime games. But man, I don't remember the last time between Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night. I don't know. Is it? Is it? Is it hype for the Giants? Is it just this is the way it panned out? And it seems like we got more primetime games than we we ever have. That's a fact. That's not. That's not an opinion. We have more primetime games than we've had in years. Which part of me is excited about, and the other part's like, ah, crap.
1: It's annoying, but it it's also. Giants-Cowboys is kind of a staple, like you've talked about. It's become a staple. It's Even like last year, playing against Tennessee, it's like, why are we playing a random game at 1 o'clock against Tennessee Titans? But if you think about it, Giants-San Fran, those are two playoff teams. San Fran's expected to be back to business this year and be good. That's also a historic rivalry that will absolutely be played up the entire week leading in. Seattle, too. That's a... Giants-Seattle had a crucial game last year. Those are two playoff teams. Those are two kind of younger, up-and-coming teams outside of Geno Smith. Guarantee there will be Jets jerseys in that crowd with Geno Smith. Uh, who's the other well, night? The games? I don't
0: – I mean, most of them – I mean, some of them raise my, like, uh, Giants-Packers Monday night. I guess Monday night you can usually bend the rules a little bit on which teams are playing. That one's like a bit of a head-scratcher. Is it at Lambo? No, it's at Meadowlands. Um, yeah, some most of these make sense. Giants, Bills, Sunday Night Football in Buffalo. Like, I can understand that. Yeah, so, wow. A lot of these Monday Night games, as long as games are competitive, I can understand if there's not necessarily, like, a big historical significance. That's usually but, where I'll... Of-
1: I feel like we should do this right now. I'm going to pull this up. Because I feel like we always kind of do... A hey, giants run through the schedule and off the cuff what's the record gonna be and we haven't okay. done that yet and i feel like we're gonna we're getting closer and closer to legit uh predictions
0: are we doing that now
1: yeah let's do it baby i'm okay. up. go week by week screw it what else are we talking about you know what i mean NFL peace. with my Let's do. It. We'll wrap up after that. I'm down with that. Even though we got another week, uh, week of preseason, lap. let's do it. Well, I mean, the week of preseason goes this week, so technically we'll be. All right, here we go. I got it up. So we're home against Dallas.
0: Yeah. Do you do you want to
1: run through it? All right, you're hosting. Go ahead. Well, I just said home against Dallas. I'm going right now. We're gonna win. At the Lands week one, Dallas. Look, I, on paper, I think we're closer than you think, and I don't know, it's tough. I always like picking to win at Dallas, but uh, man, that's a uh, that's a rough kind of go- It's not, you look at the teams, it's not that rough, but it's, a, it's a, there's a lot of late road games.
0: Going into the season, Dallas is a better team. On paper, they're a better team. If I'm an unbiased fan, I'm probably betting on the Dallas Cowboys in this one, but man, when have you gone into a Week One with this much positivity about this Giants team? MetLife Prime Time against Cowboys. That play is going to be going bonkers. I think they will that team in a close game, and I think the Giants win Week One.
1: All right, so we got them. We got them one and up into Week Two.
0: Into oh, sorry, I forgot I was reading it. Uh, I just clicked it. Is, all, right, hold
1: on. all right, What do you want me to do? It? I got it right up in front.
0: No, I got week two. I think we're in agreement on the road at Arizona. I I got this one for the Giants, and that would make them 2-0.
1: Yeah, 2-0 heading into the Thursday night game. That game we probably should lose. 2-0, you assume. Let me click on San Fran right here. Let's see who San Fran starts with because what are the odds? San Fran is at L.A. for the Rams and at Pittsburgh. you think they're 2-0 going in that game?
0: Ooh. The Rams and Pittsburgh? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry. They start Pittsburgh. This is going backwards from. They're at Pittsburgh, then they're at the Rams. Yes.
0: Yes, they're they're two and and0 in those
1: games. Yeah. Okay.
0: I I think that's that's pretty easy to predict their
1: person. All right. So I Devils. I mean, I'm taking San Fran. I think at San Fran, that's tough. I think even the. There's questions kind of Brock Purdy's injury right now. He'll probably be back for the start of the season. He'll be holy, fully healthy and yeah. So the Gi- I go Giants two and one yeah. after. the news.
0: We might change these predictions as the day gets here, but uh, before a single game is played. Oh yeah,
1: it? this is just off the cuff, like looking on paper. What's your I have
0: Niners? I also have the Giants season, so we both have the Giants at two and one. Uh, next uh, week four, Seattle in New York, Monday Night Football. Give me the New York Football Giants in that one. They go three. All right. And when we can dive, we'll obviously dive deeper into them. So we don't need oh, to
1: yeah, obviously, yeah.
0: Boom, 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 boom. Um, Dennis, I plan on being at this next one, week five down here in the Sunshine State in Miami. Please come with. It'll be a lot of fun. Giants are at the Miami Dolphins. I wish I could give the Giants this one because I know it's going to be filled with Giants fans. But I'm expecting, I don't think they're going to win the division, but big things from the Dolphins. Um, I, I think the Dolphins win this one.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking Miami. I, I'm not going to be able to pull this one off because I got a wedding on the 14th and I got some other goobers' wedding on the 21st. So uh, I'm not going to yes. be able to take three straight weeks weekends. That
0: is fair. All right. So uh, what are we at right now? We are at three and two. Um, the week after I'm, that, I'm
1: putting us at 500 with the Bills next. They're, they're not going to beat Buffalo at on the road.
0: I agree with that as well. Sunday night,
1: that's it's too tough of an Maybe you never know. Somehow they dial something up. They force a couple of interceptions from Josh Allen. We've seen it happen. Teams of lesser talent go in and beat them. But I don't know. And I, I just I love Josh Allen, and I really want the Bills to take the AFC by storm and be, like get to the Super Bowl. So
0: in agreement with you. Giants three three. Let's go. Uh, a week later, Giants at home against Washington against a team that just. Organization that can't figure it out. Give me the the Giants win at home, as they typically have done. Uh, Giants. I agree.
1: I, I agree. Four and three. All
0: right. Four and three.
1: This I think it'll be a more interesting game. we'll, we'll break it down. But I, I'm really intrigued. I love that they named Sam Howell their starting quarterback. Had an incredible career at North Carolina. We'll see. I think they have a really solid receiving core. I don't know what the defense is going to look like, but I think it middle in middle to end of October that could be a more intriguing game than what we think looks like on paper right now but i will take the giants four and three so we're in agreement this is where it might get interesting giants hosting the
0: new york jets five
1: and 100. three this is when the this is five when the, the, the rails start to fall off on the jets season five and three giants
0: dennis i'm in agreement with you and we have no disagreement so far we're both at five and three every game we say is, is the same um giants out to the desert out to sin city against the raiders giants are six and three dennis
1: I agree with you. I think the Raiders are going to be one of the worst teams in football this year. I agree.
0: All right. Giants stay out west. Move a little bit closer. Another 430 game, two in a row, two 430 games in a row. They are at Dallas. I don't think lightning strikes twice. Giants lose on the road at Dallas, and they go six and
1: four. I agree with you. Middle, middle of November, Dallas starts clicking. That it, as long as everybody's healthy, I agree. All right.
0: Giants back to the East Coast. Still on the road. One o'clock. Against the Commanders, this is where I think it gets interesting, depending on how either of these teams are doing. Again, it's one of those situations. Giants travel well, depending on the health. And since we're only doing this in August, not a single game has been played yet, i got to give the Giants the edge on this one, and they sweep Washington again. What would that be, 7-4 and four record? Giants go to 7-4. and four. Is it 7-4? and four? I believe it's 7-4. Oh, yeah,
1: because it would be 6-4 at 6 and... Yeah, I'm with you. I would like to take Washington just because you're looking at three straight road games here, but you're making your way back east. You're probably sleeping in your own bed going up to this game. It's another division opponent. And who knows what Washington looks like, so yeah.
0: This one also gets very interesting. Uh, Giants seven and four beating Washington. Giants go back home. It's the Sunday afternoon, one o'clock after Thanksgiving, hosting the New England Patriots. Dennis, give me that win for the Giants as well. I'm not afraid of the Patriots. No one in the middle ends is anymore. Giants are eight and four.
1: I'm not either. If this game was at Foxborough, it might be a different story, but it's at home. Yeah, I'm with you.
0: All right, this one is a, a little bit trickier. Giants stay home. They get an extra day rest. Monday night football. We're into the month of December now. The Giants host the Packers. This will be fun to watch. I don't know why I'm getting them this much uh, love right now. Giants win this game too. They're nine and four.
1: I'm going to take Green Bay. All right, first disagreement. Into, yeah, when you get into December, I, I don't know. There's something about the way I've been reading about this Green Bay offense, and they really like Jordan Love. And I think by the time you get into December, this offense might be clicking, and it, this might be one that Giants walk into, 8-4, and four feeling cocky, looking at the schedule like, all right, I know we got the Eagles twice that are left, but we got some winnable games on the schedule, but we got some teams that are probably going to be contending for divisions – this is the make or break point after this bye week. This is no joke. Looking at the the next three, the next four teams that they're playing, I think the Giants stumble here. I'll, I'll give it to Green Bay.
0: All right, so you got you have nine and
1: four. I have eight and five.
0: Yep. And then Dennis, so you and I are in somewhere in agreement that you think you you are essentially calling the Giants Packers game the Giants Lions game of last year. Like this is where it looks like we can really. Punch punch it, like like, put ourselves in a really good spot. Could
1: be when you consider, I think the Vikings will be pretty good, obviously, in the north. But I think the Lions are going to win that division. But here comes this third team.
0: But well, well, last year, that was a team we should have won. And this is the, that's the game you always like to reference when I started getting doom and gloom about the Giants. Yep, you're, yep. you're essentially telling me that's going to be your game. I'm telling yep. you this next one is going to be my Giants-Lions game last year. We go on the road against a team I think we're going to be better in. Better than in the New Orleans Saints, they might be playing for some sort of division. I don't think it's gonna be significantly better. I think they're gonna be worse than they were last year. On the road at the Saints, I think this is a trap game. They lose at the Superdome, Giants go nine and five. That is my-
1: We're back, we're back at the same record because they're gonna win this game. You know why? Because they're gonna win because the Saints aren't gonna have any competition in the division. So they'll have a pretty good record probably, depending, I don't know what the Saints schedule looks like. Coming into this game, but this will be a a damn shootout. And I like Danny Dimes better than I like Derek Carr. And it's a prototypical, look at what the Giants look like in this game. We got the Eagles coming next week for Christmas. We're beating Philly in Philly. That's what every Giant fan will be saying. And we'll get our hearts ripped out. So we'll beat the Saints.
0: That's another one on my calendar. I'm hoping to be at in New Orleans that weekend. Uh, Big Dom's talking about it, so we will see. But the Giants, Saints, that is my Detroit lines where I think everything's going well and then we flatline and I'm debating, like jumping off a bridge if we're gonna make the playoffs. That's that game for me. So we're both back at nine and five. Then good old St. Nick goes to South Philadelphia. The Giants, Eagles, Christmas day, 4.30. I hate, if you put it on Christmas Day. it would ball! Now my, my Christmas is gonna be ruined. No way in hell we're walking in there and winning. But we're gonna get smoked again not because it's just the eagles are going to be good i hope i hope we show up i think that the score at the end of the day will look better than the game is i, I want to win this game i really do but we're not giants are nine and six we'll lose on christmas day i'm gonna to try to not let it ruin my holiday giants nine and six
1: i'm with you we'll be amped up as all hell we'll all be betting on it we'll be placing way too much money on the giants money line barkley anytime touchdown Waller, whoever it will be we'll be all in on the giants there are not enough Bud lights in the world to comatose me for this one. Giants 96. Let me
0: just go in as negative Nancy's just so when they do lose, we're not as upset about it. But you That's know what Dennis
1: tried that before, it doesn't work. You know
0: what, Dennis? Right after that, we bounce back. Give me another holiday game. Give me one o'clock New Year's Eve back in the friendly confines of the Meadowlands at home against a Rams team that I think will be down and out at this point. I think Giants win that one. Uh and they will go to what, ten and six now? Ten and six. Giants bounce right back after a rough Eagles game Christmas Day. Win on New Year's Eve. We get to go to the Ryan C. C. Crest, Dick Clark ball drop thing, and we're feeling good again. Giants are ten and six. I
1: have to disagree. I'm taking the Rams. Oof. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Rams. Giants nine and seven. I, I just think the Rams will be playing for something, and the Giants will be too. But I. I don't know. I think it'll be close. This will be like that Lions game where the Giants, or maybe not even say, it'll just be a game the Giants have and they somehow throw it away. And that leads me to what will happen week 18.
0: Well, week 18, a week in January. It's still crazy to me that we're playing games. I keep forgetting that happens. Why are we playing January 7th? January 7th, and that is the only game on the Giants schedule that does not have a time for the game to start. Dennis, we go to the Meadowlands, January 7th. I, Eagles are in the playoffs at this point. Eagles, more than likely, are NFC Conference regular season champions at this point. We said it last year, too. At what point when the Giants play them, do the Eagles still have something to play for? Who's hurt? Who's resting? Yada, 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 yada. If the Eagles have a chance to knock the Giants out of the playoffs, you can bet they're going to do it. Because... I would hope we would do the same thing but i think this game is going to mean a lot for the giants this is a different team than it was last year especially the year before that we split this it's going to be a close one it's going to be back and forth eagles might be in the driver's seat for most of it but the giants find a way they win this last game giants go to the playoffs um that's a record of what 10 and 7.
1: no you have them at 11
0: and 6. 11 and 6. giants at 11 and 6 which I, I want to say that's generous, but I I didn't really give any
1: I, – I don't know. Like, I'm with like, you, but that's what's fun about this little exercise because I'm going to have him at 10-7. and seven. I have the Giants beating the Eagles too, and I think it's for what you just said, that the Eagles will have the NFC locked up. And I think what you said, the game will mean something to the Giants. It will mean nothing to Philly because Philly was in the Super Bowl last year, and they know what they have to do to get back there. It's not keeping a team like the Giants – out of the postseason, it's getting rest, being healthy, getting into the postseason, earning. As long as they have that buy, as long as they are the number one seed, which I do believe they will be, as long as they can hold off San Fran, I think that's their only legitimate competition. It's interesting if they do, if they do that ahead of Week 18, they don't play a soul. And this game being at the Meadowlands, Giants most likely with a playoff spot on the line, or even wild card positioning. They win this football game. They finish the year ten and seven.
0: It's interesting because it's like when. when and I would
1: I, totally take that. What I do like, here, Nine and eight.
0: But yeah, something like that. Okay. Yeah, but when I look at it, it's like, well, Dennis says ten and seven, and then what does Matt Scrona say? Eleven and six. I'm like, huh? But then when you break it down game by game, obviously, this is a very early prediction. We don't know. If these look, teams- we can
1: flop. I'm just the, the real only disagreement is the Rams game. Like I have them losing to Green Bay, but you have them losing at the Superdome to New Orleans. Either of those can be flipped. Imagine if they win both of those games. I mean, they're come. I have them losing coming off the bye week.
0: I mean, there's so, so many- I almost
1: sound like the the idiot in this scenario. Like they're not going to lose at home on a bye week. It's even more than a bye week. They're playing Monday night. It's an extra day. I don't know what Green Bay schedule looks like if they have the same thing going on, but
0: the other exciting thing about the schedule though is like the, the the few games that you and I disagreed on look at all the other ones that we did agree on that can completely like the Giants could very easily lose to Dallas to start the season oh uh, yeah. that's out the window the Giants could I in my opinion
1: Matt we could start we could go into Miami at one and three
0: sure oh yeah and none of us would be shocked about it but we and, then, could,
1: and then we're clinging to life. And what if we lose to Miami, which on paper, we might. We're one in four going in I'll the say, on a Sunday night. Are you nuts? Now we're one in five.
0: But also very easily possible. We lose to Dallas, win at Miami, and win both of those games you and I disagree on. <laughs> Green Bay and the Saints. There's a hundred different ways like this could go better or worse. So it's, it's – for that, I'm excited. I think that for a Giants fan – for us to look at the schedule and know flat out, these are the ones that we are not winning. So don't buy into it. One, Dennis, one of those games, we will win. One of those games that you and I both chuckled at, we were like, we don't have a chance in hell. We're going to win one of them. Yeah. One of those games where you and I both agreed and we were like, oh, we're going to kick these guys to the curb. We will lose. It could be a loss to the Arizona Cardinals and a win at Buffalo. Okay, who knows?
1: But that's also what's going to separate – and you always can go back and look at this at the end of the year. Great teams from the good teams. That, that game we both agree we should probably lose, they win. But that game that they should win, they also win that. That's how you make the playoffs. That's how you make a run. And that's, that's kind of what happened to the Giants last year. The Giants won games that they would have lost a year prior. So they... now what does this team look like with the same system coming back? Everybody's coming back. So it, this is one of those things where it's like, the, again, the, the college in me, but like the roster's coming back. It's got, some for, additive, it's got some five-star guys being added to it. The whole entire coaching staff is coming back. The playbook is not new for anybody.
0: I think you look for a couple I, things and to your point last year. The Giants didn't necessarily beat teams they shouldn't have beat, but they won games that previous years they wouldn't have, which is the – ten. we don't, we, don't, we already ran through all so We don't have to do it again. Not the, start of the,
1: year. the Green Bay game, they lose that game. The Baltimore game, they lose that game. Those are two wins right there.
0: Yep, back-and-forth games that they shouldn't have won It came down to the wire that they would have lost the year before that they found ways to win. This year, where are the wins against these top-notch primetime teams? you got to get one, and Daniel Jones needs to get one. Daniel Jones needs to put more primetime games under his belt against teams that are not the Washington Commanders. And is this year, the year that that happens? And that will set them apart. That's how you'll know this team and Dan Jones made improvements. That's how you know the Giants are continuously headed in the the right direction. Those are going to be the games. One of those games will be a Giants win. One of those will, one of the ones we should, like I said, one of the ones that we should have won will be a loss. But one of those games that we agree, whether it's San Francisco, Dallas on the road, Eagles on the road, Buffalo Bills, one of those primetime games we should lose. They will win one of them and then we will lose again. So which one will it be? That's going to depend on the health of that other team. That's going to depend on the health of our team. This year is going to be exciting for the reason that you mentioned going into this, that we're both in agreement. This team healthy knock on wood should be better with a worse record because the schedule is going to be tougher than it was for the entire division. And I'm, I'm, super excited but it all starts again i'm gonna watch like i have I'm gonna, orlando city plays a saturday so my streak of watching every minute of the preseason games will come to an end on saturday but man i'm fired i'm gonna i'm trying to find ways into that building for that sunday night game um for giants cowboys it'll be tricky because i'll make three straight weeks of traveling but if i'm not there holy smokes MetLife. Better be bouncing off the freaking walls, like all the fans in there. And do not, if you're a Giants fan who's listening that does not know us personally, if I if, if you sell your ticket to a Dallas fan that lives in North Jersey and I find out who you are, better sleep with one eye open.
1: Also remember this that Dallas Giants game a year ago was a game they should have won. And a game we just talked about these games that they should win that's a game they should have won that's a giant loss last a big giant loss last year the whiteout game right i believe so
0: and dominic was at that game too it
1: was a monday night game yeah also if you're curious the uh, lowest ticket according to espn right now is week two at arizona tickets as low as 35 dollars. most expensive against the the raiders 226 dollars
0: Looking forward to uh the and I think you're going to be leaving the day after the wedding.
1: Tickets you, as low as sixty nine dollars against Seahawks. Aren't you planning on getting out of town like right the morning right after the wedding? Not the morning, but that day.
0: Stick around for the Giants game because I already talked to Kyle Barron. It sounds like we're going to have a nice little Giants get together at a bar down the down the shore and watch the game. So stick around.
1: Don't tell me what to do.
0: Yeah, well, I just did. All right, that was cool. No, we, we uh, obviously went all went all in on that. I don't think our – it sounds like the Stars are not going to play a whole lot against the Jets as of now, so I don't think our – those are about the same predictions I've had for a couple months now, so that'll change. I feel like it's going to be a little bit generous on my part when you, again, when you break it down.
1: We're only a win apart, though, so that's the, the thing where – yeah,
0: I don't. I don't feel comfortable saying that the Giants are going to win eleven games. But when I break it down like that, that's that's what I think, <laughs> assuming they're healthy, which has obviously been an issue. So that could change overnight. Again, knock on
1: wood. Does you got anything else? I don't. I have nothing else. Other than football's back this week, folks. Week zero, It's the unofficial kickoff. Well, it's the official kickoff, I guess. I don't know why they keep calling it week zero. It's just been a thing. College footballs This Saturday, marquee game, obviously, is my boys. 2.30 Eastern. Notre Dame against Navy. They're playing in Dublin, Ireland. Night games include uh Vanderbilt. And your boys met. Rainbow Warriors of Hawaii. And USC plays. But they're on the Pac-12 network, so not a lot of people get that channel. It makes no sense. If you're interested, New Mexico State... And UMass will be on ESPN, but USC, the number five team in the country, will be kicking off their first game of the year on the Pac-12 network. It makes no sense. But this Saturday is the first Saturday of football, and then we have football every weekend until middle of January, end of January when the NFC, AFC championship games go, and then we get that one-week break and then the Super Bowl. So, I mean – How could you not be excited? Yep, And that's not even just, you have football on Saturday and then next week you have college football on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And the NFL kicks off on Thursday. It's a great time to be alive. Amen. Amen, Reverend.
0: All right. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's going to be a great few weeks and it gets, uh, cooler down here. So, um, it's been easier to sit on the balcony and do the show. Um, but hey, uh, we appreciate you listening. Uh, we're on Twitter at Matt Dennis Pod again. That's where you can find um, Dennis posts our uh, current episodes and then former or previous episodes. As as sports season I get kind of get picked up, you're, you're gonna you're gonna see more of our uh, regular or former uh, characters that will appear back up as the, the topic uh, allows. Um, yeah, again, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you tuning in. Um, again, we may be number one fan Nick Burns show up doesn't sound like we're going to have a in-person Connecticut episode the following week unfortunately but things are going to get exciting and they're going to get exciting really fast Yankees beat the Nationals the nine-game win streak is fireworks going off in the Bronx surely all right Dennis uh you good yeah all right for Dennis Vinci my name is Matt Skrarnum. Thanks so much for listening. Again, at Matt Dennis Pod. Follow us on there. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Have a good night, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your week. Dennis. Here come the Irish.
1: Adios, folks. <laughs> You're playing
0: the Irish fight song, aren't you? <laughs>